This is the Heart of Singing podcast, the place where passionate singers and vocal coaches of many different styles will share their passion about the wonderful art of singing and making a career with their voices. I'm your host, Henry Crescini. Now, let's get started. So, hello everybody and welcome to episode 2 of the Heart of Singing podcast. I am Henry Crescini, your host. I'm very happy to keep doing this podcast. I'm very glad for the feedback I have gotten so far for the first episode, which is actually an introduction episode where I talk about myself. So, I, it, the fact that somebody found it interesting, it's uh, great to me. But starting today, there will be a new guest on every episode. That's my goal. And today I have a very special guest. The very first one is Leslie Hunt. She is the singer of the progressive rock band District 97, but she's also a very accomplished solo singer and songwriter. I was very glad that she agreed to do the interview very quickly and we could arrange an appointment despite the time differences. And it was really cool talking to her about her career, about her discipline as a singer, the kind of stuff that she does to keep her voice in shape, and about many things in general, inspiration and so on and so on. I first met Leslie in 2013 when she played with District 97 here in Germany. And I went to see them and I, I got to interview her back then for another uh, medium I was working for for a very short time and uh, it was cool that we have kept uh, in touch more or less during the years and it was uh, very nice of her to just agree and come to the podcast so I won't give any more introduction I leave you now with the interview with Leslie Hunt enjoy it so I'm here with Leslie Hunt hi Leslie Hi, Henry. Thanks for having me. I'm very uh, excited about having you, about you being the very first guest of this new podcast, The Heart of Singing. Heart and I thought, well, who could be better to talk about the heart of singing than somebody who is so passionate about it like yourself? Indeed. Thank you very much. I'm honored to be the first guest. Yeah, thanks. Well, um, many people know you from that stint with American Idol. Do you know back in, in, which, which year was that? 2009? 2007. 2007, okay. Mm -hmm. Yes, yeah, so yeah. top, top 20 in 2007. Top 20. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I couldn't watch that because that was, that was American Idol and I wasn't in the U.S. I don't live in the U.S. Mm -hmm. So I couldn't see it, but I know many people know you from that time. And talent shows are kind of... a polarizing thing right many mm. people think it's an opportunity and for many it's not how do you look back at this time um i i think it was very much an opportunity uh it was an opportunity to grow and uh sort of look at a giant mirror in my face to say these are the things you're doing well these are the things that aren't really coming across well on camera you know these are the here's a list of things that, that you should be focused on, you know, uh, if you want to really do this. So I, I would say I, I learned a lot from that experience and definitely learned that it's something that I wanted to pursue. I, I always knew, but I didn't know 
it made me more hungry, I guess. Okay. And you have been hungry since a very early age, right? I mean, I read on your website that you started singing at age four. Definitely. I started singing when I started speaking, you know, so I, I lived in a house with musicians and, uh, you know, band practice and music lessons happening and, um, you know, so just uh, lots and lots of music every single day and singing was just a part of my family. So I have um, many singers in my family, aunts, uncles, cousins, both my parents. Uh, and yeah, so it felt very natural. And my dad got me into piano lessons when I was four. Okay. I wanted to ask you about it. It's good that you tell mm -hmm. me because not everyone grows up with uh, encouraging parents when it comes mm -hmm. to music. I think we all sing. Uh, it's a natural thing to do right. as a child. And then some parents are not so encouraging, but that's not your case. Very yeah. happy well, to hear yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, I, I was very much encouraged to sing. Um, my dad recognized also that I had um, like perfect pitch as a kid and, you know, still do. And so he worked with me all the time on that. I would just kind of be like, what's this? Mm, you know, and sing a, and sing a note. And I was able to sometimes you know get it right <laughs> but my daughter my daughter is actually has has that more than i do like she oh, she's instant yeah so if i'm just i just play something on the piano she's like g sharp you know it's like it's 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 as recognizable for her as a as a color it's really cool amazing that's a gift i don't have <laughs> many yeah, singers don't mine's have not that, mine's not that big either so mine's, i have to think about it a little bit and be like mm, you know and find the pitch so we could say that your dad was your first vocal coach. No, my mom because my mom is definitely more of the singer. She studied voice in, in college and taught voice lessons in my living room and that kind of stuff. Um, but, uh, but my dad was, was like the, he, he kind of like drilled me more. You know what I mean? Like he, he would, you know, quiz me and, you know, get tapes at the library and, you know, put in the tape and help me start recognizing pitches as colors. And that was actually pretty helpful. Okay. And uh, after that, did you receive any formal instruction? Yeah, I did. Um, as well, I did take some voice lessons in, in high school, um, but not a lot. I think more of my vo my vocal training happened later like after college when i was working as a as a professional vocalist and i found myself getting hoarse pretty often mm -hmm. so i needed to get some tips on how to sing properly and and kind of learn about the the mechanics of the voice and what not to do <laughs> so i think right. i just used to just like oh i'm a little hoarse i'm just going to sing harder you know and so now um, it helps me that I actually suffered several vocal injuries in my life and had to kind of rehabilitate. And so it mm. helps me as a, as a vocal teacher now. Um, I have students of my own. Oh, and okay. I'm helping, um, you know, teenagers and uh, even, even kids younger than teenagers, like helping, you know, them to learn about their voice and how to take really good care of it because I, nobody taught me that <laughs> when I was younger. So I would yes. just... I just made things worse. <laughs> and uh, what, what kind of music were you singing back then when you noticed that you were getting hoarse often? Mm -hmm. I was in uh, professional theater uh, productions. So uh, we did 
I did a year long production of The Music Man, which is a musical uh, and also Fiddle Around the Roof. Um, and we did six shows a week and I would just sing, sing, sing. And I'm also very, I was very, very nonstop extroverted, very dramatic with my voice. So I had like a, I had a, a speech therapist teaching me how to react appropriately with my voice and not just, ah, you know, just like scream bloody murder on the playground, you know, all day and then come home and be like, why can't I sing, you know? And, so, and then every day as well. Right. Or several right. times. Right. Exactly. So, um, so it was, it was good to, I guess the only really training I had as a kid was, uh, don't mess up your voice training. <laughs> and, then, well. uh, and then I did, I did learn, um, I got some, I think I'm, I mainly just sing has always just been really easy for me. And so I think to some extent, um, until I got injured pretty badly a couple or a few years ago, um, I, I didn't take it super, super seriously, like the health of the voice and the warming up and the mm -hmm. you know, avoiding of certain foods and, you know, and, and that those periods of rest after a gig and even like the wind down after a gig. So now I understand that the voice is the, um, the larynx is a, is a joint. So right. if you, if, yeah, so you have to, everything that I do for my joint health, cause I do have lupus. And so I have, you know, full body arthritis. And so anything that I do for my joint health applies to my voice. And I, now I'm realizing that it's just a very sensitive, tiny little mechanism that you can't just, you can't just throw it under the bus and expect it to rock. Right. So. And uh, many people don't even know that the vocal cords are as small as the, the tip of the nail, right? Yeah, yeah. And the, it's more of like a valve than a, than a cord, you know? So you think about them like, when you think about a cord, you think about like a strand, but really it's just like the top of this cylinder that, you know, uh, you have to make sure that it's closing properly because if it isn't, that's when you get the injury. That's when you get um, the, the nodules, you get the, the hemorrhage is what, what, what I had. Mm. Um, now I've learned all these techniques to kind of close the vocal cords um, and sing from that place. Then a lot less air gets through, a lot less calluses develop in certain areas where they're just kind of like, you know, closing. Um, I had this incredible vocal therapist named Lori Sonnenberg, and she just changed my entire approach to singing and I've, I'm, I'm singing better now in my late thirties than I ever yeah. have, you know, um, contrary to sometimes what happens with women as we get older, our voices kind of, you know, change and get lower and, you know, it's a little harder for us to have that lift. Um, but I've experienced the opposite because I'm learning, I, I learned how to do it. <laughs> it's the same with men. I mean, and it's a common belief that, uh, when people get older, men or women, that when they get older, the voice deteriorates, but it doesn't have to be the case. And it's a usual ex excuse for many to say, oh, well, I'm not singing that well anymore. Well, it's, it's actually because you didn't take care of your voice. Right, right, right. You didn't, yeah, exactly. You didn't take care of it and add, like the more you know, the, you can add you know, decades of singing to your career. Um, and I've, I've seen it go, both ways. I've seen people really thrive in advanced age singing because they're smarter now and, and have learned a lot of workarounds. And I've seen people just being unable to sing a note. And it's just so sad because they feel that loss, you know, just like, oh, I used to be able to sing and no, mm -hmm. I can't. And anyway, who's got a lighter? <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Do you smoke actually? Oh, no, I don't smoke. Okay. 
I mean, that, that, that's one of voice killers that, that many, many singers still do. The mm -hmm. great late Freddie Mercury used to smoke a lot, but right. I mean, uh, he also had a lot of problems with his voice. Many people don't know that. Uh, oh, he did? Yeah, he developed nodules as well. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah that was really hard. But, but he was uh, very much concerned with uh, being entertaining for the audience. So he basically sacrificed his voice for the fun of, of being on stage and entertaining the audience. Yeah, that's really finding that. this balance is mm -hmm. kind of difficult. And mm -hmm. now that I mentioned Freddie Mercury, I go to the typical cliche influences question. I had elaborated it in another way. Like what kind of music did you grow up listening to or... Yeah. Or the other way around because you are one of those singers who have a distinctive voice thank you i mean when i hear you i know it's leslie hunt singing even if it's your solo stuff or if it's with district 97 mm -hmm. and then one develops one's own voice but one still listens to many different singers which singers were those for you um yeah so i think i was very influenced by uh the singer-songwriters that my mom would play, you know, it's so like the Joni Mitchell and Carole King and, um, you know, just even some of like the Broadway, like Linda Etter or like, um, you know, Alison Krauss, she's more not, I guess not Broadway at all, but just like a, a, a wide variety of female singers. And also just, we, the, there's so much musical theater. So, you know, like the, the, my mom and I, my mom uh, came to live with us for a week and, we had one night where we were just singing show tunes at the top of our lungs and that just like that that style i feel like i'm very influenced by that i don't have a musical theater voice but that belt and that like those long notes and those like hair stand on ends moments you know of strong vibrato yeah, yeah. vibrato if, if you know i i enjoy a vibrato that i can turn on and off i don't have involuntary vibrato so which kind of helps me sing a variety of styles you know so I can uh, I know when when to turn it on and off I guess um, and then my dad played a lot of like Led Zeppelin and Frank Zappa and the band Chicago and all these um, like I would say complicated rock bands so not necessarily prog but no. you know but we but as a band district 97 touches on some of the stuff that i gravitated towards with my dad's music which was like you know out there rock you know so like right. just unexpected chords unexpected um time signatures uh you know a lot of unison lines so my dad's a free jazz musician and he plays drums and he plays vibes and he was in a band that toured um called uh and you know released records called uh the hal russell energy ensemble and they they toured um you know finland switzerland sweet like just all over europe and uh and it's very 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 out there so it's like mixed between like complicated like saxophone unison lines you mm -hmm. know that everybody plays together it's really um crazy and then and then like a huge span of just pure improv and then coming back to the to the you know composed piece at the end and um, that was hugely influential, I think, for me to like just at, at a young age just hear that amount of experimentation and be like, "There's no limits to this," you know. Like, music. Right. I don't. It doesn't have to 
be three and a half minutes long. It, it doesn't have to, you know, have a, you know, be very organized from start to finish. But um, so I guess it made me really appreciate when, when District 97 came into my life, I was like ready for, you know, like it, it, it felt right in my soul to be a part of that and like find, find a vocal place for me in all of that dense texture. Amazing. So the proxy was planted already at an early age. I think so, yeah. And the theatrics of the band, you know, as a front man for that band, ever front woman, I guess I should be saying. Front woman, yeah. Um, <laughs> front woman, uh, whatever, it's 2021. Um, <laughs> uh, it, it does give me like a, a theatrical outlet, you know, to, to portray songs with like with that dramatic flair that I feel like was helpful in musical theater. I bring that to District 97 as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, do you write some songs for them, but uh, the, the other band members write songs as well, like, like mm -hmm. Jonathan, I remember this uh, piece called uh, The Perfect Young Man, which is such a story that goes from beginning to end and has the peaks and ups right. and downs, it's amazing, and do you feel like an actress maybe singing these songs? I do, I do. And so that's his MO. So that's when Jonathan single-handedly writes something and brings it to the band and he writes the words and he writes the melodies and he writes, it is, a, it's like a mini show, you know, often. Not always. Sometimes he just writes a jam and rocker and, 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 and we're here for it. But, but sometimes, you know, Mind Scan is like a 27-minute long epic oh i'm sorry not the microphone yep. um epic piece about uh alien abduction and so i get to play the, the role of like both the alien and the person abducted and you know and so uh there's a lot of that but then and then and then recently we were we we co-wrote something called ghost girl so he brought it in with everything pretty much done i was kind of inspired by a different melody that i came up with for the verse and i changed some of the words to make it less of a um, musical feeling thing, you know, it's kind of like a little bit more poetically worded. Um, yeah. So in other words, yes, everybody does write. And right now we're working on a ton of new music remotely. So Amazing. Well, the That's time we're living in. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, I guess you're missing uh, the touring life, right? I am. Yeah. I miss, I just miss performing. I, I get emotional about it. Like I, uh, you know, Last night I was organizing my kitchen and I was listening to music and I kind of started to like dance around my house and I was like, I don't dance anymore, you know, because where would I, that's such a big part of my expression for this music and I'm like, I, I don't, it's like I'm going out dancing, you know, and I'm not doing any shows so it just it feels like a big loss. I just, I miss that, perf the, the performance end of it so much, like it hurts. <laughs> Yeah, it's the same yeah. for every musician right now, I right. guess. And mm -hmm. you have made so you have done some uh, some online shows on Facebook. I've seen. Yeah, yeah, I did. I yeah, I did a bunch of them, and I'm gonna go back and do more. I'm I'm kind of focused on a bunch of stuff right now that I that I need to do. Um, I'm working on my second EP. The first EP is all finished, um, and uh, the second one is is underway at the moment. So I'm working hard on stuff, but I. I hope to go back and do some live shows. Uh, I, I hope we, <laughs> we all can, all musicians. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm not a touring musician like yourself, but uh, every musician feels right now the, the pain of not being able to perform live in front of an audience, Truly. an actual audience, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, while, while you are on tour, how 
does your routine look like? I mean, in terms of uh, vocalizing, maybe um, warming up, cooling down. You mentioned some of that before, but maybe you can elaborate. Yes, yes. Um, so I, I've, I actually feel like I've learned more about the voice since this pandemic hit because I've been, I started teaching more and more and more lessons. And so I started to see the benefits of all of these different tools that I knew I should be using every day, but maybe wasn't doing it so religiously or so routinely. So I think our next tour, I'll be even more diligent about certain things now that I've seen how some of my students have responded to like just a regular you know, check in on this and this and this and this. So basically what I, what I believe is important is you start with the bones. So I, I start out by kind of, you know, stretching the spine, making yes. all that, you know, all that stuff kind of pop. It kind of like, you know, collapse down vertebra and then hang and then let everything kind of pop and then kind of pile it all back up. I do some like, you know, kind of bone stretches like this, where I kind of just, I feel like I'm just making all this space yes. and also kind of re releasing the tension if there is tension in the neck and in the shoulders, those muscles can get involved in the mechanisms of singing and kind of start pulling the vocal cords apart um, and, and kind of overdoing it, kind of just getting, you know, getting involved where they're not supposed to be if there's any tension. So you release that tension and you, you know, um, I do a lot of tongue stretches. So mm -hmm. I stretch, um, you know, like my tongue out, you know, down all around, um, I do, uh, I do yawns with my mouth closed, which I feel like opens up the back of the throat really nice. And then I do something called straw phonation. Have you ever heard ah, of it? Yes, I, oh, oh, it's I the do best. that too. So, yeah, so it's like this kind of buzzy, resonant thing. Just, it's like. Right. When you kind of swirl around and you can get your, um, your different registers to be one. So when I know it's going well, I can effortlessly and without like a big break, go from my highest note to my lowest note and kind of connect them all in this like seamless tone. And this straw has saved me. So if I'm horse on tour, I can actually blow bubbles into a little cup of water and it, and it feels like I can feel the tension releasing in my, in my voice. And um, it really, that counter pressure of the straw um, is, it's, it's just so uh, relieving. And I don't, there is studies behind it. I'm not explaining it super yeah, I know. right now. So but the, the, yeah. the so-called occluda tract right. um, a technique, right? I've been using a similar device called Pocket Vox. Uh -huh. um, yeah, with uh, warm water. So mm -hmm. the water... It's like uh, not boiling, <laughs> but but uh, it's massaging your vocal cords at the same time that you are um, singing in oh. into the the tract, so to say. Mm -hmm. Right, yeah. right. So, so yeah. So I put it inside the bottle, uh -huh. and it has marks here. How many notches? <laughs> I can. Oh, cool. and then I just blow into the water. Oh, oh my. I'm not getting paid to advertise this at all. <laughs> I really believe in it because it's, yeah, it does wonders, but it, it's the same it principle. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, even if I'm teaching a lot and I feel like I'm just talking and, and kind of like having to talk loudly over these kids that are kind of getting distracted. If I do just a little bit of this, you know, swirl and, and into the water, it's like, it feels like almost like I've been given a dose of helium. You know what I mean? Where it's like, oh, okay. Hello. 
you know, just everything feels lighter. Um, and then I, I like to, um, I guess I just, I like to glide up and down fifths, you know, so, and I like a ye, so ye, and I just kind of let everything get flack and just kind of let those notes come out very effortlessly. And that's like pretty much the extent of my warm up. But then if I know I'm doing like a big belty thing, I do like a belty warm up where it's like gug, 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 you know, and just kind of get those, get those punchy um, parts of my voice woken up. So I'm on the stage kind of ready to go. How long did you warm up before a show? Like 20 minutes. Okay. And, and you mentioned that you also do like a, a cool down, right? After the show. Yeah. Yeah. After the show, um, I'm, I've, I tend to live about an hour away from the gigs. When I, when I do a performance in Chicago I, and I come back, I've got about an hour in the car. So I do a lot of like, I kind of like rub the sides of my neck because after a long gig, I do feel like the, the sides of my neck are quite tight. Um, I do, you know, those shoulder things again. And um, I do, I, I just kind of like do just like a mini version of what I do to warm up just to kind of, and then, but then I do need to like be quiet. So okay. I, fight, I fight the urge to sing all the way home because my voice is like so warmed up and I'm just like, oh my God, I'm able to sing so well, you know, because then you can really kind of overdo it and you wake up and you're like, I didn't need to belt yeah, that. I, I shouldn't have. I well, shouldn't have done that. That's how you do it when you're singing in, in Chicago or in the Chicago area. But uh, when you're touring Europe, like when I met you eight years mm -hmm. ago, mm -hmm. was your first tour of uh, Europe with District 97? Yeah, that, oh, was, that was my first as a performer. I've, I've gone on my dad's tours, but not, not as, a, as, a, as an artist. Um, I would say in that group, especially early on, you know, we were all, we all felt young and invincible and I didn't know much about the voice yet. And I was just trying to like hang and be cool and, you know, uh, just enjoy being on the road. And, you know, I mean, we're not like a crazy rock and roll lifestyle. We're like more accurately, probably just like, we're like nerds who rock. Yeah. So it's not like <laughs> yeah, that's not, right. we're, out, we're out doing, you know, insane stuff, but, um, but we still, you know, enjoy some drinks and, you know, enjoy it like talking afterwards. And I haven't been too precious. Um, if I am in a rough place, I'll be like, bye guys, I'm going to go to the hotel room. You guys have fun. I'm going to zip it up until tomorrow. So <laughs> right. um, now I'm able to do that a little more. But when I was, when I was younger, I was like, oh, whatever, it's rock and roll. I'll do it. I'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> it is what it is. I'll just push my way through it. <laughs> Oh, but that's good. You have found a routine for yourself or a sort of discipline for yourself. Mm -hmm. I, I hope I get to see you live again sometime. I know. We <laughs> yeah. I know. We, and, it's the best when we get to go come over there. They definitely love us. Uh, they, yeah. they're, they're into the music maybe more than they are in, in the States. <laughs> yeah, I, th I think so. Europe is very, yeah. very much into Prague. Yeah. Um, how do you approach singing with the band and singing solo because it's very different material even though there have there have been crossovers i know mm -hmm. yeah um, yeah like songs yeah, of yours that have been reworked and and so on um, right. but do you have like a different mindset when you go on stage as leslie hunt i do and it's actually it's a it feels like a totally separate entity almost 
So um, I, as a solo artist, you know, it's, I like it with, with the band. I, it's sort of, I feel a little bit more anonymous, even though I am in the front because I don't write everything. And it's not all just like how Leslie Hunt feels about everything. You know what I mean? It's like, it, I can kind of hide behind being in a band and like, you know, um, being the singer in a band with like, you know, and then with my solo stuff, it's like my band is kind of always changing. I'm the, I'm the, the focal point. I'm the, you know, they're all definitely my songs. I'm usually playing an instrument. So I'm a little bit more, you know, busy, uh, can't do as much like freely jumping around you know, on the stage like I do at District 97. Um, it is a bit more introspective and uh, vulnerable, um, less uh, heroic, maybe, you know, uh, and uh, yeah, just like, in uh, in the style of singing, I would say overall, it's more subdued. So for my solo stuff, I I, I will often not use vibrato, you mm, know. So it's okay, just a little okay. bit more pure. Um, it's a uh, a very very pure, honest, sincere uh, side of myself. And then with District ninety seven, it's a lot more bombastic, and wild vibrato, and you know, um, jumping around and like and 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 belting like my life depends on it you know <laughs> so it is different but I'm so glad that I have both of them because I think I that they're very much uh, needed I think to feel like I'm fully expressing myself as a person okay let's talk a bit about these crossovers I can think of your song uh, open your eyes mm -hmm. she's very personal to you talks right. about your your deceased sister mm -hmm. and you released it in a solo album first with a kind of contrasting upbeat <laughs> right so, yeah. yeah it was it was it, it was like I feel like that song is like schizophrenic um you know I wanted it to cover so much ground in one song stylistically uh because I just felt like that was sort of where my sister was at it was like from one day to the next like you weren't sure you know which sister you were gonna get you know so um and her journey was so tumultuous and uh, I felt like I, I just wanted to write a song kind of empowering her, but also kind of encapsulating like the crazy, not, not calling her crazy, but the, but the, the ups uh, and downs, the, the very the crazy making. rapid yeah, yeah. Mood changes. Yeah. 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 And just, you know, some of it was chemical, it was um, neurological, uh, but it was it was very much a roller coaster to be a part of, and um, I wanted to kind of show her, you know, the, the the choruses were just like now you can go where you wanted to, like now, you know, now that you kind of got rid of all this stuff, now now you're free, you know. Um, but uh, unfortunately, she did not live to see the that completed song on the record, so. Do you have a, a a version that you prefer, the one with the band or your solo version? I I think I do like District ninety seven's version better, because I've I've performed it like that so many times, um, and it just feels maybe a little more cohesive and less like kooky. Mm -hmm. And so I haven't done a ton of performances with Open Your Eyes in the style that you hear on the on Your Hair Is on Fire, my solo album. Okay. So but just for that reason, I would say I like the District 97 one better. <laughs> That's cool. 
-hmm. and uh, that's that's also a way for you to work on rough topics through your lyrics what kind of lyrical content do you actually gravitate to and what kind of topics uh, are people going to hear on your next uh, solo EPs? Um, so yeah, uh, I started writing again after a long dry spell of not writing for myself as a solo artist. Um, I, I started dating my now boyfriend actually today marks two years that we've been together so oh, happy happy anniversary yeah thank and you and i'm keeping you from be spending time with him oh it's okay it's okay <laughs> well we're gonna celebrate we're gonna we still we don't know how yet but we're gonna figure something out um and he uh something about that relationship inspired me right away to start writing i think i, I wrote my first song in the first week of us being together he's a musician he's an fantastic musician and um unbelievably gifted um like he he just knows millions of songs and so he does uh, acoustic performances playing and singing and it's almost like the it's like a game where everybody in the bar tries to stump him like what he doesn't know and like it, it, he's really hard to stump you know so because he he knows just about every song um but he but he isn't a songwriter so i think as a songwriter I, I felt very free to um, express without fear of his like critique, you know what I mean? So I felt like, like it felt very safe to show him stuff in various stages of development. And I knew he appreciated words and, and um, sentiments of a songwriter. And so, so he inspired me to start writing. Um, and I, I wrote about, you know, beginning again, uh, starting over and kind of like how to do things right every time you need to start something over it's kind of a chance to build it stronger this time and there's a couple songs along those lines um i wrote you know a love song a couple a couple love songs for him for sure um one a little bit like flipping the the analogy of like you know the boy who cried wolf it's called the wolf cried boy kind of um for some of my more um I guess, judgmental people in my life that were uh, a, kind of having a hard time taking me seriously after I've been divorced twice. And I'm like, hey, guys, like, I'm with this amazing guy. And they're like, yeah, yeah, we've heard that before. You know what I mean? Kind of thing. Uh, and, uh, oh, yeah. The Leslie with the new guy. Yeah. Right, right, right. And so I, I just wrote like a song kind of expressing that like frustration. But, you know, it is what it is now. Everybody knows. Lloyd's the man and uh <laughs> and uh it's all good so but you know at first I just felt like a, I was like you guys aren't you know you need to welcome this this is awesome and you're you're living in the past get with the times um and uh I wrote a song about you know their uh so so the first EP was written all before COVID and before any quarantining or anything like that and it was mm -hmm basically just about like the sky's the limit. You know, I named the first EP Ascend. So it's like, we're sort of like, whoa, like I've got, I've got this new, this, I'm in this amazing new relationship. I've got all these songs, you know, everything's going really well. Oh my God, what's going to happen? I'm going to record them. Um, and, and then now the second EP is Descend because it's like, oh, actually we're going to just like, we got to come back down and we don't know how long we'll be on the ground. So like, let's like, you know, I wrote all, all seven songs are on the topic of, um, one of them is about police reform. And then the other ones are about everything that we've, the new life, you know, that we've all been, uh, 
having to cope with just, just being totally isolated um, but also more connected with ourselves and what's actually important maybe than we were able to be when we were all just so busy on, on our treadmill, you know? Um, and then we kind of get off of it for a second. Oh, whoa. Okay. Wow. I'm, I'm with my kids every night, you know, I'm cooking, you know, like there's just, there's all these new things. So um, yeah, I'm, I'm all over the place with the, with the subject matters, but it's, but at the same time, it's all very, it's like a body of work and they both belong together. I think that will be interesting to listen to back to back. Right? Like the contrast. Yeah. The sky's the right. limit, but let's stay at home for a while. <laughs> right, right, right. Exactly. Ascend, descend. Exactly. So it's like, oh, you know. But descend is about like kind of like finding comfort in yourself and, you know, and um, yeah, just appreciating the simple things and, and also being okay with being powerless because you know there's one song called big white flag and uh i would i would imagine it might be the single on the second one but it's like it's just like i surrender you know i'm not i'm not good at not being in control and uh it's just good right now for us to do as much surrendering as we can because otherwise we'll go crazy yeah, so right. out of our hands <laughs> how does you you mentioned your your kids and your partner mm -hmm. how does work life balance function for you that's a good question and i don't think i have it figured out yet because uh i have my kids 50 percent of the time they're on um you know i'm co-parent with their dads and they're and so whenever yeah whenever i have kids i have them both and i have them exactly 50 percent of the time and when i have them i have i really have not figured out how to still make progress on my on my work when they're when they're home because I, because in my mind, I'm kind of like, they aren't here all the time. And so when they're here, I want to like be focused on them. But uh, it's not, it's not working, actually. I need to figure out a way. It's okay. too hard. Yeah, I, I'm like, check in with me maybe when I have it figured out. Because right now I don't really. <laughs> right now, like, when they're home, I like, I can barely answer an email, you know. And I don't know why that is. I, I need to figure that out. But. Uh, I was lucky to catch you somehow for the podcast. Yes. <laughs> Amazing. No, it's all good. Yeah. This is also a cliche question, but I will ask it anyway. What is your advice for aspiring singers? Oh yeah. Um, for just so I guess my advice would be catered to what kind of singing they want to do. Um, if they if they're looking to you know like sing in a band, you know, and sing covers and things like that, I would say learn as many songs as you can, you know, uh, practice singing and videotaping yourself and dancing and make that connection with your, with your voice and your body as soon as possible, because that's something that I didn't know until after American Idol that I, that I was not connected. You know, it was like either sounding good or looking good while lip syncing. And I wasn't able to do both. So I would say, uh, and then if it's, I guess, uh, hmm. yeah, I would say take voice lessons, learn how to sing properly. You'll save yourself a whole heap of headache and confusion when your voice isn't working right and you've gotten some bad habits and they're really hard to unlearn, you know? Um, but at the same time, take your voice lessons with a, with a grain of salt in that 
maintain some individuality. So I think sometimes my sound, like my unique sound might have something to do with the fact that I didn't really have much coaching. And so maybe I did develop these like, you know, unique ways of, of making sound, you know, and and some of them are, are good. And some of them are, are, I've had to kind of tweak to maintain longevity as a singer. Um, But uh, yeah, I guess, I guess it just depends because there's so many different ways to be a singer. If, if they're looking to be a songwriter, hone that, hone that, uh, that skill, write, write, write. There's no such thing as, um, there's no one way to do it. So, you know, I hear something, I record it, you know, I'm walking around. I often will hear something when I, when I'm not expecting to be creative, you know, if I'm like vacuuming or, you know, doing the dishes and I'm just like, Oh, I hear something cool. Blah, 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 and I'll sing it into my phone. And then you just kind of, go through them and, and develop them as, as you're um, inspired. So, you know, some people have this idea, like if I don't write every day, sit down. And I mean, you know, some people do probably do well with that structure. For me, uh, I'm a little bit more like the, mu- the muse visits and I try to make myself available for it, but I don't really sit down and like, come on muse, where are you? Yeah. These are different approaches. Yeah, I know right. writers, not, not just some writers, but also authors. Mm-hmm. There, there are some who have this approach, like um, inspiration should come when you're working on, or inspiration will visit you while you're working or it should find you while you are doing the work. So it's right. like write, 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 whatever. And there are writers who just sit down and write every day like, a, like it's a day job. Right. Well, yeah, and that, that's... And, and there are I others who just that. Right. wait for the muse to come. Mm-hmm. A, well, that's an amazing advice, and I, and I think vocal coaching should be about, um, like you said, like keeping that longevity, like like getting proper technique, but uh, helping the singer to be more him himself or herself, mm-hmm. right? Right. That they they sound like themselves and not. Uh, I mean, many. I think, in, especially in rock music. Um, the the topic of taking vocal lessons is frowned upon, kind of, mm-hmm. because people think, well, then I don't want to sound like a pop singer or an opera singer or whatever. I want mm-hmm. to rock. <laughs> yeah. Right. 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 Yeah. I think that there's. I, yeah. I mean, I guess I guess there's some merit to that because you don't want someone, kind of you know, shoving you in a different box because they hear you doing something that, well, no, sing it like this, you know, and you're like, no, that's lame, you right. know, I'm not going to sing it like that, you know, but I think, I think if you're learning technique, you can apply it or not, you know what I mean? It's sort of like, you don't have to use all the tools in your toolbox, you can use your favorite ones, you know, but I think that it's best to know if you're doing something inadvertently that's harming you, that's a, a, that's like an indisputable, like, yes, I should be learning how to sing healthily so I can sing for a long time because it's, it's literally just a part of your body and it atrophies and it gets calloused and it gets strained and it has to, uh, you know, make a full recovery. And if you learn how to, you know, help it along the way, it's, it can't, I, I, I don't think there's any, um, anything wrong with that but right, but right. I but I think it's important like especially my my younger students I'm very careful with my feedback for them because I know at a certain 
everybody's a bit sensitive because it's very vulnerable to sing in front of somebody. And if all you're getting is pointers, 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 you can like, it's such a mental thing. So you can like start to sing, but be like, ah, but like, I don't want to do it that way. Cause she said that that was bad. And you know, and you can kind of like stifle yep. yourself into being a, a shy sounding in um, comp, a singer with no confidence just because someone is trying to help you, but they, didn't build you up enough in the process to where now you're overthinking it and all the joy is gone. So amazing. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Um, before we go, I will leave you to spend your anniversary with your boyfriend. Um, could you sing us a couple lines from one of your songs? I would, I would ask you to sing boy cry wolf Mm -hmm. because I'm, I'm, kind of biased i heard it on facebook and i liked it very much thank you <laughs> but maybe you can sing something else if you want sure 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 a cappella uh, lines maybe sure um so yeah wolf cried boy so um yeah, so sorry <laughs> yeah. yeah no 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 it's okay it's okay it's it you know the other it. way around yeah. Purpose, yeah uh okay the wolf cried boy again howling for all again so hard to believe her cause every time you see her she's wearing another skin around uh and there's another verse uh uh and just think of the children dragged through it all again well as the observer you got all the answers and you're spreading your word around making it hard for her to calm down and see what they found can look you in the eyes when they're rolling go on and roll your eyes no one's cried boy more than she has pretty hard to be the only one alone i'm almost done it's been a long time coming but he has arrived the wolf cried boy for the last time yeah. I didn't know where to get out. <laughs> the reaction here. Thanks. Well, now, now that I know the backstory, it makes even more sense. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. It's just kind of yeah. like, yeah, t- talking about them, like talking about this wolf, like, like kind of gossiping about her, and then the yeah. chorus is me kind of like clapping back a little bit. There's a very nice modulation there. No, 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 no. <laughs> like, yeah, thanks, thanks. <laughs> cool. Thank you, Leslie, very, very much. Thank you, Henry. Thanks for having me. The time to be the first guest of the Heart of Singing podcast. And I hope I will see you live someday again. For the time being, it will be on Facebook. Great. How can people find you? Um, my website, yeah, um, I'm on Facebook, I'm on Instagram, all that, but uh, my website is lesliehuntmusic.com. Um, I'll be updating it with uh, release information and, you know, working on a, on a music video and yeah, so there's some really exciting stuff coming out and uh, stay tuned. Be on my mailing list. Mailing lists are great. Right. 
thanks a lot leslie see you thanks henry all right take Bye. care so that was it that was the interview with the great leslie hunt i hope you enjoyed it please check her out check out her solo music check out her music with this district 97 both great great acts and i hope you will be there for episode three where i will feature a male singer i will tease in my social networks about it so remember to follow the heart of singing on instagram or the heart of singing podcast on facebook but you can also follow me henry vocalist that's my handle on the major social networks and i will be posting updates about the podcast so i hope you will be there next time and i hope you enjoyed it remember to always sing your heart out Bye.